0: welcome back to episode 95 of the alpha male buddhist from brooklyn podcast i'm your host miguel today in the podcast you know i was on youtube just listening to music and i literally went down a youtube music rabbit hole and ended up in some crazy beats and cartoons and stuff it was pretty cool so what you're gonna hear today is just a couple of clips of music and some speakers And among the speakers that you're going to hear first is going to be Terence McKenna, as you know, and he's going to get into some of of what uh, his interpretation of the Tao Te Ching, which is kind of cool. And it's kind of an older clip. It goes back a few years. Terence, you know, passed away a few years ago. Uh, Alan Watt also, this guy's from the 60s. He's a really, really uh, philosophical genius, especially with Eastern philosophy. And he's giving his interpretation of the Tao and you know, just some observations of the Tao, because you can't interpret the Tao. And then we get into the introduction of the Book of of or Marimoto Matsushitu. So yeah, this is just kind of free form. Put some beats together. And there was one like particular beat that you can hear repeated here a few times, and it, it's just a crazy ass beat. What can I say? So we're gonna get into that and I'm just gonna, you know, put the closet at the far end. I wanna thank you for listening and uh yeah namaste
1: So then, what are we left with? Well, what we're left with is uh, intuition. Intuition. And what is it and how does it work? Well, it's a feeling into things that comes to answers and leaves no trail. That's the thing. It leaves no trail. So you, you... you have it, but you haven't the argument for it. And so its power must reside in its uh, truthfulness. So the power of intuition lies in its ability to express truth in contravention to the forward flow of logic and casuistry. Well, is it always to be this for uh, You know how the Tao is presented as this Eastern concept that you can barely wrap your mind around and that hovers at the edge of intelligibility. Well, really, in these so-called obscure oriental uh, philosophical stances always turn out to have a corollary in Western thinking and the corollary to the Tao, to Taoism, is intuitionalism is you know an ability to sense the the constraints and opportunities in the moment and act through it intuition and intuition is always presented in the dominator society as one vague two feminine three unreliable but this is simply because of this bias toward deductive and inductive systems whose falsity I have just demonstrated to you. In fact, in the felt domain of experience called living, intuition is how most of us, even the most self-defined as non-intuitional, are operating. Intuition is a kind of field processing of both the foreground and the background of experience it's a gestalt understanding that is subliminal and that leads the whole organism through an invisible set of creodes towards the maximizing of some kind of a goal science runs on induction which is a very low-grade form of logic. It means you do something over and over again, and if it happens the same way a hundred times, you have confidence that the hundred and first time it will happen the same way. Intuition doesn't work like that. Intuition, as I said the other night, leaves no trail. And most of us are accustomed to thinking of intuition as something feminine, mysterious, unexplainable, and uh, sort of magical, and also I think because we live in a male dominant society, we undervalue it. If someone has, in, if someone claims intuition, our position is probably one of prove it, doubt in the face of the assertion. You see, but there's an interesting thing about intuition that I don't think many people understand or have bothered to look at, which is. Did you know, I'll bet you did know, Uh, mathematics is based on intuition.
2: I said, empty your mind. Be formless,
1: shapeless, like water. It's not an easy skill to learn.
3: I've been practicing it for many years. And in order to go into Taoism at all, we must begin by being in the frame of mind which can understand it. You cannot force yourself into this frame of mind any more than you can smooth disturbed water with your hand. But let's say that our starting point is that we forget what we know or think we know. That we suspend judgment about practically everything. Returning to what we were when we were babies, when we have not yet learned the names or language, and although we have extremely sensitive bodies, very alive senses, we have no means of making an intellectual or verbal commentary on what is going on. Now can you consider that as your state? Just plain ignorant, but still very much alive. And in this state you just feel what is without calling it anything at all. You know nothing at all about anything called an external world in relation to an internal world. You don't know who you are. You haven't even got the idea of the word you or I. It's before all that. Nobody has taught you self-control. So you don't know the difference between the noise of a car outside and a wandering thought that enters your mind. They're both something that happens. You don't identify the presence of the thought, which might be just an image of a passing cloud in your mind's eye and the passing automobile they happen. Your breath happens. Light all around you happens. Your response to it by blinking happens. That you're supposed to do. Nobody's told you anything to do. You're unable completely to do anything but be aware of the buzz. The visual buzz, the audible buzz. It. You've no information about that yet, that it requires a watcher for something to be watched, for somebody's idea. You don't know that. And Lao Tzu says, the scholar learns something every day. The man of Tao unlearns something every day, until he gets back to non-doing. what we're in at the moment. Just simply, without comment, without an idea in your head, be aware. What else can you do? Don't try to be aware. that you can't stop the commentary going on in your head but at least you can regard it as interior noise listen to your chattering thoughts as you listen to the singing of a kettle know what it is we're aware of, especially when you take it all together, and there's this sense of something going on. I won't even say that, this, you see, this. Well, I said it was going on. That's an idea. It's a form of words. Obviously, I wouldn't know if anything was going on unless I could say something else wasn't. (laughs) I know motion by contrast with rest. So while I am aware of motion, I'm also aware of at rest. So maybe what's at rest isn't going on and what's motion is going on. So I won't use that concept, because I've got to include both. And if I say, well, here it is, that excludes what isn't, like space. And if I say this, it excludes that. (laughs) I'm reduced to silence. But you can feel what I'm talking about, can't you? It's what's called Dao, in Chinese, that's where we begin, Dao, means basically way, and so course, the course of nature, Out of which Lao Tzu says Dao Fatze Yan, means Dao, means the way of functioning of the Dao, Ziyan, is of itself so, that is to say is spontaneous. Watch again what's going on. If you approach it with this wise ignorance, you will see that you are witnessing a happening. In other words, in this primal way of looking at things, there is no difference between what you do on the one hand and what happens to you on the other. It's all the same process. Just as your thoughts happen, day. the car happens outside. The clouds, the stars. When a westerner hears that, he thinks of fatalism or determinism. That's because he still preserves in the back of his mind two illusions. One is that what is happening is happening to him. And therefore he is the victim of circumstances. But when you are in primal ignorance, there is no you different from what's happening and therefore it's not happening to you. It's just happening. (laughs) So is you, you know, what you call you, what you later call you is part of the happening. You're part of the universe. Although the universe, strictly speaking, has no parts. Day. We only call certain features of the universe parts of it, you, but you can't disconnect them from the rest without causing them to be not only non existent but never to have existed. <laughs> so, when you have this happening, the other illusion that a Westerner is liable to have is that it's determined in the sense that what is happening now follows necessarily from what happened in the past. But you don't know anything about that in your primal ignorance. Cause and effect? Why, obviously not. (laughs) Because if you're really naive, you see that the past is the result of what's happening now. It goes backwards into the past. Like a wake goes backwards from a ship. All the echoes are disappearing, finally. Go away and away and away. And it's all starting now. What we call the future is nothing. The great void. And everything comes out of the great void. That's the way a naive person, and the, as I explained to any of you, were at my lecture last night. If you shut your eyes, contemplate reality only with your ears, you will find there's a background of silence, and all sounds are coming out of it. They start out of silence. If you close your eyes, listen, just listen.
4: Well, the ego can't reflect upon itself unless it has a mirror against which to read itself, and that mirror would be the mythological schedule that lets it know where it is. It's a mirror with a schedule on it, a patterned mirror, and the ego sees itself in that reflex and knows where it is on the the scoreboard. Just for example, a person who at the age of 40 is wondering whether he... he's going to be punished by mother, hasn't, hasn't, uh, hasn't moved on. And a person at the age of 80 who's wondering, how's my God score, he hasn't moved on either. Uh, I mean, just in a raw, gross way, this is, uh, this is the problem. Myth lets you know where you are. And it knows what the patterns have been of life through centuries in that position that you now are entering or holding. He should see himself, the 40-year-old now should see himself as a free, willing, independent, self-responsible human being, Uh, and he should have certain noble heart powers uh, that have been called to his attention and to which he has been invited to give himself uh, that will enable him to act in terms of nobility, not in obedience, you know, but out of himself. And uh, the older person must know, I'm not now participating in the achievement of life. I have achieved it. And I'm looking back and I can tell you there's a wonderful moment that comes when you realize I'm not striving for anything. And what I'm doing now is not a means to achieving something later. Youth has always to think that way. Every decision a young person makes is a commitment to a life course. And if you make a bad decision of that angle, by the time you get out there, you're far off course. But after a certain age, there's no future. And suddenly the present becomes rich. It becomes that thing in itself which you're now experiencing, and if you've been prepared a little bit for that, you're ready. If you don't know, I've had the experience of lecturing to old age groups, you know, and myself actually in old age. I'm f- uh, 79 next month, uh, I can tell you there came a gradual realization, boy, this is it, I'm in that place, and every experience is of value in and for itself without any reference to anything that might happen. I've, I've mentioned this to older groups and people come up to me afterward and say, we didn't realize. It's beautiful. And uh, those figures that you see, I can think of a couple of renaissance pictures of an old man or an old woman looking at a just born child. These are the two eternities. The youth, the, the lovely young thing, and the old one who's not in history anymore. But in between is history. You're participating in a historically conditioned culture. And part of the role of myth is to Relate that historical conditioning to what the old man and the child uh, present across the
2: ages of life. I have been many years training in the way of strategy. The character for way is read Nietzsche in Japanese or Do in Chinese-based reading. It is equivalent to the Chinese Tao and means the whole of life of the warrior. His devotion to the sword and his place in the system. The divine footprints of God pointing the way. Strategy or Heho is a word of Chinese derivation meaning military strategy. He means soldier, and ho means method or form. It is now during the first ten days of the tenth month, sixteen forty five, and I have climbed the mountain Iwato of Higo to pay homage to heaven and kneel before Buddha. I am a warrior of Harima province, Shinmen Oshashi no Kami Fujiwara no Genshin, age 60 years. From youth, my heart has been inclined toward the way of strategy, or the sword. My first duel when I was 13, I struck down a strategist or swordsman of the Shinto school, one Harima When I was 16, I struck down an able strategist, Tadashima Akiyama. When I was 21, I went up to the capital and met all manner of strategists, never once failing to win in many contests. After that, I went from province to province, dueling with strategists of various schools, and not once failed to win, even though I had as many as 60 encounters. This was between the ages of 13 and 28, or 29. When I reached 30, I looked back on my past. The previous victories were not due to my having mastered strategy. Perhaps it was natural ability or the order of heaven, or that other school strategies were inferior. After that, I studied morning and evening, searching for the principle and came to realize the way of strategy when I was fifty. Since then I've lived without following any particular way. Thus the virtue of strategy I practice many arts and abilities, all things with no teacher. To write this book, I did not use the law of Buddha or the teachings of Confucius, neither old war chronicles nor books on martial tactics. I take up my brush to explain the true spirit of this Ichi school as it is mirrored in the way of heaven and Guanan, Buddhism's goddess of mercy. The time is the night of the tenth day of the tenth month and the hour of the tiger, three to five a.m the ground book. strategy is the craft of the warrior commanders must enact the craft and troopers should know this way there is no warrior in the world today who really understands the way of strategy there are various ways there is the way of salvation by the law of buddha the way of Confucius, governing the way of learning. The way of healing as a doctor. As a poet, teaching the way of waka, tea, archery, and many other arts and skills. Each man practices as he feels inclined. It is said the warriors is the twofold way of pen and sword, and he should have a taste for both ways. Even if a man has no natural ability, he can be a warrior by sticking assiduously to both divisions of the way. Generally speaking, the way of the warrior is resolute acceptance of death. This idea can be summed up as the philosophy expounded in Hagakure, or Hidden Leaves, a book written in the 17th century by Yamamoto Tsuminori and a few other samurai of the province, Han, present-day saga. Although not only warriors, but priests, Women, peasants, and lowlier folk have been known to die readily in the cause of duty or out of shame. This is a different thing. The warrior is different in that studying the way of strategy is based on overcoming men. By victory gained in crossing swords with individuals or in joining battle with large numbers, we can attain power and fame for ourselves or our Lord. This is the virtue of strategy. Even an unadaptable man who is completely useless is a most trusted retainer if he does nothing more than think earnestly of his lord's welfare. To think only of the practical benefit of wisdom and technology is vulgar. So when you embark upon something, before you start, fix your intention on the four oaths and put selfishness behind you. Then you cannot fail. The four oaths never be late with respect to the way of the warrior. Be useful to the Lord. Be respectful to your parents. Get beyond love and grief. Exist for the good of man.
0: and The Beta Sheeple Narrative. Welcome to the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn Podcast. My email address is alpha male Buddhist at gmail.com. My website is alpha male Buddhist dot pod dot com. My Instagram is alpha male Buddhist. And my subreddit is reddit.com forward slash r forward slash alpha male buddhist that's my subreddit where you can comment and interact with other listeners and it's a great forum to sit and have an open dialogue so again thank you for listening and namaste